Welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, my guest is Whitney Meller, and Whitney is married to Brett, and they have four boys and live in Parker, Colorado. Whitney loves to bake, go to exercise classes with friends, and loves skincare. She works at a dermatology office as an esthetician and enjoys helping people with their skin. So I would also like to add that Whitney's oldest son is autistic, and she has had some experiences as a mother of an autistic child that I wanted to talk about specifically bullying. But first, I want to say thank you for joining me, Whitney. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Oh, I'm so happy that you said yes. And I want to talk about your son and his experiences. I'm just jumping right in because bullying, we do talk about it, but I think it's often difficult for parents to talk about these experiences because there's a lot of pain behind bullying and what that really can look like and how it feels. And so I wanted to ask if you wouldn't mind telling about your son, Lincoln, and what he likes to do. Let's just hear about Lincoln first for a minute. Yeah, Lincoln just turned uh, 11 years old and he loves playing the piano and loves riding his bike. He loves playing basketball, although he's not the best on the team. (laughs) Um, He loves to swim and he loves playing Legos with all of his brothers. He actually has perfect pitch, which was kind of a fun discovery to make with him. And so that's been a fun talent for him to develop over the time, over time. And he's really into memorizing every cycle of the washing machine right now. So that's <laughs> always also been really fun. <laughs> I love it. Does he help you with laundry? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's helpful and it's not helpful. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's very it. into like, how long every cycle is and he watches the entire cycle you know one of the little quirks that he's going through right now Mm -hmm. but very into the washing machine right now (laughs) I love it so my next question for you is how have friendships gone for Lincoln over these last 11 years yeah, it's it's been hard. And I think as a parent, I think that's one of the hardest parts of having a child that's on the spectrum. I'm a very social person. I love my, my friends. I love talking to my friends every day. If I don't talk to my mom or my sister or one of my friends, I kind of feel like I'm living in a cave. <laughs> um, and Lincoln is just not like that. Um, and that's taken me a long time to adjust to mm-hmm. having a son that doesn't really care. When he was little, my friends, we'd all go to the Outer Banks in North Carolina when we were in law school and we'd rent out this big house. And Lincoln at the time was two years old. And this was like the first time when I felt like he didn't really fit in. All the little boys his age, there was like 10 of them. We all had little kids and we were poor and we'd rented out this big house together and everyone had one bedroom and (laughs) all these little boys were all playing around this table with cars and they were all chatting together and having fun together and like smiling and laughing together. And my son was mesmerized by the sliding door that they had in the house because he Mm. went through like a really big door phase. And that was a really big turning point for me as a mother. I kind of just realized my son doesn't work the way that these other boys work. He doesn't see friendships the way that 
I see them because mm-hmm. if it were me, I wouldn't want to be left out. And even if I didn't like cars, I'd be trying to socialize with my friends or work mm-hmm. out something that I could do with them. And that was the first time when I realized I would have to work harder with him with friendships. Mm-hmm. For a long time, he didn't really care that he wasn't invited on play dates. And then my second son came along and he is very social and he loves playing with his friends and he's invited on a lot of play dates. And after a while, Lincoln started to see that he wasn't being invited on those. And even to this day, I can count the number of times he's been invited on play dates, you know, with my fingers. Mm-hmm. And that's been really hard for me, but at the it same time, hard. he he doesn't really care for the most part. But when Griffin leaves out on a play date, that's when he gets more sensitive about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's so many people at church and other people he socializes socializes with that it's okay. It's been really hard, especially adjusting to that in your mind. You know, you think of your kids and you think they're going to have all these friends and be included. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't turn out that way, it's it's really hard as a parent to emotionally adjust to that. I like that you bring this up because I do remember my own son, who's also autistic and he's 14. And I remember going to the elementary school to drop something off and they were out at recess and he was on the swing. He was on a swing by himself. And I asked him later when I picked him up from school, do you like to swing by yourself? And he said, yes, he does. He prefers it. And it kind of made my stomach hurt because I am social like you. And I wanted him. I thought happiness came from being social because that's where I get a lot of my energy from is from my social life and connecting with people. And I do understand that he does like to connect with people, but he also likes to do it on his own terms. And he is just fine and comfortable when he's alone. He's okay with that. And so that took me a while, like you, to say he's okay with that. And so I'm going to be okay with that too. But it was just so different than me. And so I kind of had to come to a new understanding that we are different people and his brain works differently than mine. And in so many ways, I just am kind of obsessed with the way his brain works. I find it fascinating. (laughs) Oh, definitely. I mean, I wish I didn't care so much, you know, to to not care. I think it looks really freeing and really Mm -hmm. happy. Like he's just so happy being by himself. Mm -hmm. And when he was little, I'd invite other kids over and he would just end up in the corner by himself playing with two Legos or, Mm -hmm. you know, there was just, so many times he'd be at a birthday party and I'd get there and he was just sitting playing with a wheel on a bicycle or just total lack of caring, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he just maybe really care what people think, you know? Yes, which I kind of love the not caring what people think part that that would actually, like you said, be freeing. But what we do know and understand is that many people, if not most autistic people still do crave connection. It's just their own way of connecting. I want to talk to you about, this seems like I'm switching gears, but I'm not really, we're talking about friendship and connection. And what I, what I know from talking to you in the past is that Lincoln has dealt with some real bullying. And I want to open the door on that conversation and kind of take a focus on bullying and what types of things he was experiencing? Yeah, it's been kind of a long road, but 
It started in kindergarten. Some boys coined this nickname for him, Stinkin' Lincoln. And I don't think it had anything to do with his smell, but just a fun rhyming word, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. It later turned into some boys punching him in the stomach under the slide at the playground. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it changed. And these two boys, whom I'll call thing one and thing two, they would walk by and just tap him on the shoulder anytime they saw him. And for him, touch is a big problem and really sensitive. Yes. And it really bothers him to have people touch him without his permission. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't tickled him in years because yes. I don't like to touch him without permission or, or just, he likes touching in a loving way, but not from friends that are bullies really that mm-hmm. are just walking by to tap him on the shoulder. Sure. And he is kind of a perfect target for a bully, to be quite honest. I think a lot of kids on the spectrum are because he reacts really big and Mm -hmm. he gives the bullies exactly what they want. They want this large overreactive reaction and he just feeds into this attention that they want Mm -hmm. and he doesn't let things go and he would make a big show of whenever they would bother him. And it got to the point where he didn't want to go to recess because they would be there and they'd either punch him in the stomach or they'd make fun of the way that he stuttered. Cause we went through a kind of a large stuttering phase. His IEP therapists at the school were honestly so great. And we talked about it. They made a friendship group for Lincoln and they talked about how to deal with bullies and how to stand up for yourself. And I went in there and talked to the therapist one morning and I was like, hey, we got to get something going where he can start to really express himself with these boys and tell them to stop. Because mm-hmm. he, for a few years, he didn't tell me anything. He couldn't verbally explained to me what was happening at school with these boys. Mm. But once he got older and would tell me things, it just broke my heart. And I went into these therapists and I was like, Hey, let's get on the same page here. Let's get him telling them how this makes him feel and asking them to politely stop. And the school therapist was actually, the school emotional therapist was actually really great. She met with me a few times. She would meet with Lincoln. The school made sure that they were in separate classes after I asked for that. And honestly, for a long time, I felt like we were getting to a good place. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of hope with the different avenues that I would go down, either Mm -hmm. with the teachers or the therapists or the social emotional therapist. Then I was like, okay, it's not stopping. And so I'm going to call this kid's dad. The conversation did not go well. The dad was very defensive of his son and honestly didn't really believe me. And it was a little bit of a shocking conversation. And I kind of knew this person through a different person. And it, it was a big problem because he didn't believe that his son would do this. And I think that's just the natural reaction. And all of us as parents, we don't want to believe that our child would be hurting another child. It's very hard to emotionally cope with. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that, but I tried to talk to him and after talking to him and having a very unhopeful conversation, I turned to the principal and I asked her for help and that did not go well either. It was not a pleasant conversation. She didn't really believe me and she, it felt like she was siding with the bully almost because my son is on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and it was like, well, he's having those problems because he's special. And it was like awful. No, It was really rude and it really hurt my feelings. I had to like step back and be like, okay, I see that my son is overreactive, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to stand up for 
what the principal is saying. I'm not going to go with what she's saying and I'm going to take my son out of school. Mm -hmm. So at the end of last year, we actually started into a charter school and it's been so great. And I know that that's not always the answer for every parent. It, Mm -hmm. it was five years of going through some really hard experiences. I mean, we got to a point where these boys would leave really, really horrible notes in his backpack because they weren't in his class and he got every morning he would fake a stomach ache because he didn't want to go to school. And sometimes he would, I would watch him walking to the car after school and you could tell that he was just carrying this weight on his shoulders and he'd sit down in the car and just start to weep because they were so mean and they would find him and do these little things that they knew would bother him. And they're smart boys. I mean, they figured out what bothered him and they would just get right to it, you know, but it got to a point where I was just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I really tried. We don't, in our family, we always say we don't run away from problems. We try to face things and we try to handle things ourselves and take Mm -hmm. care of things. But it just got to a point where I wasn't getting help from his parents or the school principal anymore. Mm -hmm. And I finally made the decision to move schools. And I think it did help a lot when he was in kindergarten and first grade, he stuttered a lot. And a lot of kids made fun of him with his stutter. And I think he kind of got labeled in a lot of kids minds as a kid that struggled Mm -hmm. and so the friendships there weren't very concrete anyway so moving schools for him was just this awesome opportunity for him and it has been so great and the the first boy that he met at school Lincoln said I had some bullies at my last school and I'm really hoping that this school is different and this sweet boy he put his arm around Lincoln and said I won't let anyone bully you here Oh and Lincoln, my goodness. I know he's the sweetest kid. And honestly, it's just been a huge answer to prayer for us as a family to have him have sure. these awesome experiences at a new school. And, you know, he's still quirky Lincoln and still does his little things, but he's had such a better opportunity and better experiences at this new school where honestly, the school doesn't put up with bullying mm-hmm. and they have a three strike policy. And kids aren't even allowed to talk poorly about like the school subjects. I had a friend that her son was sent to the principal office for saying that he didn't like dance. So it's not like a super strict school, but they just have more of an outline of what they expect of their students. And I think if his last school would have been more like that Mm -hmm. and been more, more, I mean, the, the bullies at his last school weren't just bullying Lincoln. They had like six kids that they would bother. And I talked to other parents and they had similar experiences with these same boys. And it was just like, why won't the school step in Mm -hmm. and do something? It's not just me. It's not just my son that's having a problem. I met a girl at the park one day and we started talking and after a while, we found that our kids were in the same class at the same school. And she said, do you know thing one and thing two? And I was like, oh yeah, I know them. (laughs) And Uh she had really horrible stories. So it just, sometimes Um, it's just a problem with a certain kid and you kind of have to work through things and figure it out. But for Mm -hmm. us, the school switch has been a really, really huge step for us and gone really well. So I, I actually really appreciate you sharing all the different steps that you've taken. And here's the thing. We can't control someone else's decisions and their actions and their behaviors, but we can control what we choose. And I appreciate that you looked back and said, okay, first I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the teacher and I'm also going to talk to his special education teachers and I'm going to 
get him some help. I'm going to give him the ability to develop some of these skill sets to deal with this kind of behavior. And then, so Lincoln's growing in that, but these boys, you still can't control what they're going to do. You personally, the school should have stepped in and unfortunately they did not. That's so disappointing. But again, we can't necessarily control that. And so you took control in your own way. You took the steps necessary to get Lincoln into a school where he felt safe and where he has more of an opportunity to grow and to feel secure in who he is without the threat of other children disrupting that and no one coming to his aid that really could turn that off, that could make that stop. And I'm so sad and to hear that it didn't end quite the way that we all like to hear, like somehow the child was disciplined, thing one and thing two were disciplined (laughs) and the parent was, had to take, help take ownership. And that's not what happened. And it's not what always happens. And it's unfortunate, but I really deeply appreciate what you went through because as a parent watching this and struggling through it, we're suffering with our child and it is it's painful. Yes. It's so, so painful. Yes, it really is. I wanted to ask you a question and this is kind of my last question. What would you say to other parents who have a child that may be experiencing bullying themselves? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that you can do. I think First off, if they have an IP or a 504 and they have therapists at school that are helping them, I would reach out to them and just talk to them about the situation. The therapists at our last school, they were awesome and they had so many good ideas. And he didn't really have any friends at school, to be honest. And they started this friendship group for him. And they had four other boys from the class come and just like befriend him. That was really helpful. I mean, Lincoln felt like he had friends at school for a while. And Mm. I don't think these boys, they never invited him over to their house. They never wanted to have him like come to their birthday party, but Mm. he knew that he had a few friends that he'd played games with or whatever at school that Mm. he had a connection with some kind of connection. Mm -hmm. And then I also talked to the therapist. I told them he needs some coping skills. I need him to be able to figure this out because kids that are on the spectrum that aren't neurotypical. I mean, it's kind of a long road for them. I think Mm -hmm. it's just always going to be a reoccurring thing in their life that this person doesn't like me and this person doesn't want to hang out with me. And especially in high school, I think having those coping skills and being Mm -hmm. able to stand up for themselves in their own way is going to be really important. And I, you know, we didn't switch schools after the first year of bullying. And I honestly, Lincoln was going through so many things at the time. I didn't know if it was just Lincoln being overreactive or if there was actually a bullying problem happening. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my husband and I, one day we went and sat in the parking lot and watched what was happening at recess because I talked to the ground duty people and asked them to watch him. And he still came home with a bruise on his rib one night. And so I just... I I worked really hard to try to solve the problem without having to move schools. I really liked our school. Our teachers were awesome, Mm -hmm. but there's only so much that 
teachers can do. I mean, these kids would just, when they were in his class, every single time they went to talk to the teacher, they'd tap Lincoln on the shoulder on their way to talk to the teacher. And it was just like small things like that, Mm -hmm. that the teachers really can't see everything. They can't always help in every situation. And I feel for the teachers because a lot, one of his classes, his third grade class had quite a few kids in there that were sensitive and emotional and had some IEPs and just kind of a full group for the teacher. And so I think talking to the social emotional counselor at the school, talking to the IEP therapist, talking to the parent. I mean, if you get to the point where this, whatever bully is being that big of a problem, call their parent and maybe they'll be more helpful than my experience was. But I think <laughs> if someone called me and told me that my kid was bullying, we'd have a conversation. Electronic <laughs> time would be taken away. Like mm-hmm. we would figure it out and we would make them a plate of cookies, go over to their house and figure out the situation and what the misunderstanding is. And I would hope that my child would stop doing that. I, I hope and pray that they would, but I think just taking all those steps, like try really hard to figure it out and find a solution and talk to your child about that person. Like maybe that bully feels left out. Maybe that bully doesn't have any friends. Maybe that bully is having a really hard home situation. I know of a child that he had a problem with that their parents didn't want them. And so he lived with their, his grandparents and he had a really hard background. And I feel really bad for that child because he is a bully. And I know people that he's bullied, but he has his own demons in his own life. So Mm -hmm. I think talking to your kids, like, Hey, maybe that person is going through a lot. And I don't think that they're trying to be mean to you or, you know, just talking through all the different scenarios of what could possibly be happening Mm -hmm. and try to work through those things. Cause it's just, I think that there's always going to be bullies, even as an adult, you know, and I'm, I'm a neurotypical person, I would think. And (laughs) I see people sometimes where I'm like, they don't like me or they don't want to be my friend and I need to find a way around that. Or so I think giving your, your child a set of skills Mm -hmm. to take on those situations is going to be the most helpful thing. And just talk to the teachers, talk to the therapist, talk to the parent, anyone that you can try to solve the problem and bring it together. So I love that you share that. And I will just add that my oldest child experienced some severe bullying in high school and it was really quite awful. And it was similar to what you're saying, as far as we took many of those steps. And I think that she has learned a lot. I think that some of the teachers were disappointing to me and I did eventually have to take the step of calling the parents myself. And fortunately, when I called one of the moms, she, she took action with her child and (laughs) it was kind of amazing, but I mean, a lot of damage had been done by that point. And so it's tricky. It's a tricky road to navigate. And I think the sooner we jump in and get those resources and teach those skills to our child, the better chance they'll have of having a healthier experience in general with their peers. And it's not always perfect, but we can give them the skills, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So Whitney, I so appreciate you sharing. And I know that it can be hard to talk about this. So I'm really appreciative that you were brave enough. And I do use the word brave because we have to talk about tender things and it's not always fun. So, but I think it's important for other parents to hear 
that this happens and to also hear that there are things that you can do. And I'm sure there are other things that maybe you and I haven't even talked about. I just, I think it's good to get the conversation going. So thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. For those of you that are listening, you can also follow me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. 